Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from, and I did not know this was its full name, Oriole Park at Camden Yards in Baltimore. It's the Cleveland Guardians 5, the Baltimore Orioles nothing. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. It's actually a mouthful. I think you'll forgive me for the rest of the week. I just call it Camden Yards. Well, the Guardians start off this series. Again, weird starting a series on a holiday, but that's how the schedule plays out. And they start off this series with a comfortable win. It wasn't a one-run game. All right, round of applause for your Cleveland Guardians, everybody. Uh, They finally put a little separation between themselves and their opponent and cruise to a nice victory. So let's get into it. Let's get into the top storylines of the game. Top storyline has to be Logan T. Allen with a beautiful pitching performance. You know, Mandy Bell in her article had a bunch of like records that he's now, you know, achieved. And it's it's weird things. Like he's the second pitcher since 1955 to record 10 strikeouts in his first seven star. Something like that. It's 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 pretty convoluted, but yeah, he he is up there. As far as rookies go, rookie pitchers go, uh, and strikeouts, he is up there in the Guardians, in the Cleveland franchise record books. So, uh, great job by Logan Allen. His final line on the day, seven innings pitched, three hits, no earned runs, two walks, ten strikeouts. One of those walks, I know, gets erased in the first inning when Cedric Mullins tries to steal second base, and Cam Gallagher throws him out. So that you know that helps your pitcher out a lot, man. Erasing a mistake like that, walking the leadoff hitter of the game as a catcher, you can go help that rookie pitcher out like that and erase that base runner. That's a great job by a veteran catcher. So two walks, ten strikeouts on 103 pitches. He's only hard hit three times. On the other side of things, Tyler Wells didn't pitch terribly. Uh, he goes six innings. Gives up four hits, one earned run, no walks, seven strikeouts himself on 101 pitches. He's only hard hit twice. So it was a very light hitting game. But the uh, Orioles bullpen would come into the seventh. CNL Perez and he would, I I mean, wouldn't get blown up, but the Guardians would do enough. They would do enough. They'd find some holes. They, They got, what, three singles through the infield uh, in that rally. And then a weird, uh, you know, a bad infield play by the Baltimore Orioles, frankly, uh, and they kind of hand us two runs. So that's that's kind of how the Guardians now, I mean, think about it. The Guardians have won three out of their last four games, which is nice. It's nice. It's a good week, right? And uh, they've been given a lot of things. Even the run they score in the fifth inning, uh, you know, it's a double, but he advances to third. Brennan advances to third on a balk. And uh, Cam Geller is able to hit a sack fly into center field. So, in that situation, he's not necessarily scoring without that balk moving him to third. And they don't necessarily score in the seventh inning without a really bad throw by, uh, oh, I wouldn't even say a really bad throw, just a bad throw by Adam Frazier. Is there a difference between a bad throw and a really bad throw? Yes, yes, there is. Um, and uh, a bad job by James McCann to kind of smother the ball and keep it in front of him. It squirts by him, and two runs come in to score. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's amazing hustle by Quan to make that play happen, but you can't deny that the Orioles 
definitely helped us out. You know, they, they contributed to those runs scored as much as the Guardians contributed to those runs being scored. And that's kind of what's been happening for the last few days. Uh, it happened against St. Louis, and now it's happening against Baltimore. Now, that's part of... You can actually say, with most teams, hey, it's just nice to be lucky some days. With the Guardians, you could actually say that is their strategy. The whole point of putting it in play and getting people on base is that when other teams make mistakes, and they will, everybody makes mistakes in this game, it's a very difficult game. When they do, you're on base to take advantage of it. That's kind of the point of the Guardians' offense. And... uh it works. It's it's worked three out of the last four days. So, all right. Again, I said, even though I haven't talked about him yet, the top storyline of this game was Logan Allen and his starting pitching. Again, those 10 strikeouts. Let's take a look at his CSW numbers because you are going to want to hear these. Uh, it was the fastball, the changeup, the sweeper, and the cutter using all his pitches. And my God, was he effective. Uh, a 19 whiffs on uh, 46 swings. It's a 41% whiff rate, including five whiffs on the fastball, five on the changeup, seven whiffs on that sweeper on 11 swings. It's good for a 64% whiff rate on that sweeper. Add in, uh, all right, sure, two on the cutter. Then add in nine called strikes on the fastball, eight on the changeup, five on the sweeper. Man, this guy was throwing strikes. It's 22 called strikes. It's a 40% CSW total on the day. Just a reminder, just a refresher, because I like to do this from time to time. CSW, what we're talking about here is called strikes plus whiffs. So it's a measurement of the total pitches thrown, how much this pitcher was able to get strikes, whether he earned them via a called strike or earned them via a whiff. And if you're at 40%, you are in elite, elite territory. And that's what Logan Allen was today. He was pretty darn elite. Um, you know, got him to go outside of the strike zone a little bit. And the O swing percentage was only 27%. But the O contact rate, when they did expand the zone, was only 36%. Even in the zone swinging, they only swung 62% of the time in the zone. And they only had a 69% contact rate in the zone. So again, whether they're chasing outside of the zone or swinging at pitches in the zone, he was striking them out. So it's pretty cool stuff from Logan Allen. We're going to keep going on it here. I just want to take a look at the count breakdown real quick. And was working ahead for the most part. Uh, one batter gets to 2-0 on him. One batter gets to 3-0 on him. Uh, working down the left side of the pitch count, which is all your 0-1, your 0-2, your 1-2 counts. Uh, pretty, pretty heavily. Let's see here. Five, six, seven batters start one and zero, oh, versus five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen batters start zero oh and one against him. So getting ahead and staying ahead for the most part in this game. Now let's look at what he was throwing and where he was throwing it. Because it is a big difference left-handed batters versus right-handed batters. Remember the left-handed pitcher here. So for those lefties he was facing, he was attacking the glove side of the plate. He was thrown across the plate to those lefties. A lot of fastballs on the outside edge, uh, a lot of sweepers down and away, and even mixed in a few changeups there. 
Uh, as far as the called strikes go, it was a lot of those fastballs on the outside edge. Four fastballs on the outside edge, and then one sweeper to Cedric Mullins there. And then those swinging strikes uh, to those left-handed batters. It was a little bit of everything. Uh, uh, four sweepers, uh, two fastballs. Frankly, stuff on the plate. This is that that Z contact we're talking about. In the zone contact. Uh, there's There's five pitches here. In the strike zone, three sweepers and two fastballs that, frankly, they they should not be swinging and missing on these pitches. That's that's how good he was and how off-balance their hitters were all day. Uh, Mullins and Adam Frazier both missed fastballs that are kind of middle up and out over the plate for them to hit, and they swung through them. So that's what he was doing to the left-handed batters. To the right-handed batters, uh, he was kind of throwing, and he threw a lot more pitches. I'm, I'm guessing there were more righties in the lineup for Baltimore than lefties. Uh, he threw a little bit of everything, a lot of change-ups that stayed to the arm side of the plate, so it would be the outside edge to these right-handed batters, a lot of uh, fastballs to both sides of the plate, cutters breaking in on the right-handers, and then both attacking the strike zone with sweepers and throwing them across and burying sweepers at their feet. Uh, to the right-handed batters. Now, where did he get his call strikes against the righties? A lot of it was the change-ups to the outside edge of the plate, the arm side of the plate for the left-handed pitcher. Uh, a lot of fast, you know, a couple of fastballs out there too, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven change-ups on that outside edge that went for called strikes. A few sweepers on the plate, a few fastballs too, uh, and then the swinging strikes against those right-handed batters. They did chase a three sweepers and a cutter down uh, and in. You know, those pitches that were busting in at their feet, they chased. They chased a few change-ups out and way over the plate. And he did get a few more fastballs on the plate past them. So that's what you were getting from Logan Allen. And uh, that's your call strikes. Those are your uh, those are your swinging strikes. And he was a machine. He was a strike-throwing, strike-getting machine in this one to rack up those 10 strikeouts. Uh, He got Mullins once. He got Austin Hayes twice. He doesn't strike out everybody in the lineup. The only one not to strike out is Mountcastle. Uh, But basically, he spread them around, and everybody else in the lineup uh, goes down to at least one strikeout. Logan Allen, you know, uh, is going to lead me into an email. Uh, Our friend Tony uh, emailed in. And uh, Tony, I forget where you're from. He doesn't always throw it in. You know, I like when you guys throw in the email where you're from. Uh, it's just fun to hear where the morning people are uh, writing in from. Uh, and I'm used to the old school, you know, when I worked on Les Levine's show uh, here in Cleveland, his radio, his TV show, it was always, you know, Tony calling from somewhere. So I'm just used to that rhythm too. Uh, but Tony writes in, uh, he sends nice quick emails. He said, and just like that, the, he said he called them the G's. I'd go guards or Gardettos. Or I, I don't know if I'm behind the G's nickname, but uh, he said, and just like that, the G's have won three out of four. Also, I really don't want them to send Allen or Bibby back down. And and that's going to, we're going to jump out of the game for a second and we're going to kind of answer Tony's email here because what do you do? I mean, Savannah. So, Savali already did his third rehab start. McKenzie is either did it tonight or it's either did it last night or he's doing it tonight. So both these guys are going to be ready to rejoin the team. 
So what do you do with a pitching staff, a starting staff that right now is Shane Bieber, Cal Quantrill, Tanner Bybee, Logan Allen, and Hunter Gaddis? And then what do you do with a bullpen that's Emmanuel Classe, Karinchek, Stefan, Sandlin, De Los Santos, Morgan, Henches, and Curry? I mean, some tough decisions are going to come down. And frankly, here's what I'm doing. If I'm them, right, you got two additions, so you need two subtractions. I think just because of the numbers and because he hasn't been as consistent as Bybee and Allen, I think Hunter Gaddis probably goes back down, keeps pitching a AAA, continues to be depth down there and stays sharp. And then I believe Karachek has options still. And if he does... Like, if, if he hasn't crossed that threshold um, where the options no longer... I think it's five seasons and off, options no longer apply. I was looking at um, CoveringTheCorner.com, which is the SB Nation site for the Guardians. And they had an article, Matt Lyons had an article back in March where he kind of laid out who had options left. And players with two options remaining, Karinchek was on his list. So I'm going to go under the assumption that Karinchek has an option. He has been garbage lately. I mean, the walks are just insane right now. Um, yeah, he's, uh, let's see how many walks. 16 walks. He's the only reliever in the Guardian system that has double-digit walks so far at this point in the season. Stefan is next at nine. 16 walks. He's got to go down and figure some stuff out. And if you have an option available, there you go. Gaddis goes down. Karen check goes down. Frankly, McKenzie, because McKenzie is, you know, possibly the ace of the future. He's got to go back in the starting rotation. And then Quantrill or Savali can go to the bullpen. Really, for all I'm concerned, those guys can go to the bullpen. I don't think at this point Quantrill has struggled enough in 10 starts. And these young guys are so good. Bybee and Allen, even Gaddis has been good lately in, in his second stint here. And McKenzie's future is so promising. I I think at 28 years old, Quandrill is actually, you know, kind of an old man for this team. And I don't think Quantrill is the future of the starting rotation. And frankly, he hasn't been that good. He's got a... He's got a what a 4.75 ERA. He's got a 5.02 uh, FIP fielding independent pitching. Uh, so the things he can, well, he's not a big strikeout guy. Uh, he's given up. Well, he's given up seven home runs. So is Shane Bieber actually. Uh, he's given up seven home runs. His WHIP is 1.345. It's oh, Logan Allen is a little bit higher, but that does not include this game. I'm guessing this game lowered his WHIP. So, uh, and he doesn't have the strikeouts. I mean, his strikeout to walk ratio is 1.72. It's the lowest of all the starters. I think Quantrill might end up in the bullpen. And then McKenzie and Savali can rejoin the starting rotation. Don't forget, I know, I know Savali was terrible against the Yankees, and I know he was probably terrible at the beginning of the season. Well, what is he so far? Two and two starts. Well, he had a 284 ERA. Yeah, one and one with a 284 ERA, a 1.026 whip. So I guess he started the season okay before he got hurt again. Uh, Savali, there are times when Savali is a really, really good pitcher. 
And it'd be nice to get that back. He's also 28 years old. Him, Plesak, uh, Quantrill, and Bieber, they're all 28 years old, the veterans of this pitching staff. Uh, so that's that's what I would do. That's I, That would be the hard decision I would make. The hardest decision is probably Hunter Gaddis right now because kid's been pitching very well. It's probably either him or Curry that has to go back to AAA just because of the numbers game. And... Yeah, I mean, Curry's been pitching well, too, in that long relief role where he's not, I guess he's not probably in many high leverage situations, uh, but he's been pitching great. So, uh, tough decisions for Chernoff to make uh, when those two guys finally are health, you know, when they're finally ready to come back and rejoin this team. All right, so uh, that's what was going on. The, uh, the bullpen is able to shut things down, do much better than the... Uh, Orioles bullpen did. De Los Santos with another great inning. I mean, De Los Santos, this guy has just been uh, ridiculous for the month of May. Let me see if I can pull up his splits here and take a look by month. Uh, For March in April, uh, March he gets in two games, uh, doesn't give up a run, uh, and one and two-thirds innings pitched. Uh, So, okay, small sample size. For the month of April in April, Eight appearances. He pitched eight innings. Uh, gives up six hits. Gives up two earned. Three runs. Two earned. So pretty good. I mean, he's got a 2.25 ERA and a 1.25 WHIP for the month of April. Not terrible, but Manny has been locked in for May, and they've been using him more too. He's in 11 games now. He's pitching 10 and a third innings, giving up only four hits, uh, two earned runs, uh, two runs, two earned. So he's got a 1.74 ERA for the month of May and a 0.68 whip. That is really, really good. So he pitches the scoreless eighth, and then Trevor Steffen comes in, gets into a little trouble, gives up two hits uh, to kick off that ninth inning, but he's able to get out of it. Uh, so, you know, a little bit of a tough situation there. It is... Uh, Luckily, with a five-run lead, it's not like panic mode. But uh, Santander doubles to lead off the inning. Uh, Mountcastle would single up the middle. uh, And Santander goes to third. And then uh, Urias flies out to right field. Nobody can advance. Gunnar Henderson, pinch hitting, strikes out. And then Adam Frazier would ground out to first base to end things. So a good job of Stefan bouncing back with runners on second and third and nobody out and not actually giving up a run. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, I can't blame him too much. Santander was locked in, of course, facing his old team. Seems to always hit us very well. He had he went three for four on the day, including that double in the ninth inning. He had three hard hit balls on the day as well. Uh, he did get struck out by Logan Allen, though. So everybody went down at least once to Logan Allen. Uh, De Los Santos, he got a strikeout. He struck out Austin Hayes. Okay, so... Oh, he's had two strikeouts. So, yes, Logan Allen did get everybody uh, at least once, um, except for Mountcastle, who did not strike out on the day. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, a great job by the pitching staff as a whole. Offensively, weird day. I mean, weird day. The middle of your lineup, uh, Jose Ramirez eventually has a double, uh, had an opportunity in that first inning with the first uh, two guys reaching base. Uh, Rosario does go 0 for 4, but he does reach in the first. I don't know if they call it an error or a fielder's choice, uh, but it was a bad throw to second base. 
and uh, Quan was safe at second. Rosario was safe at first. So he doesn't get the Ramirez doesn't get the hit in the first inning, but does come back with a double later. It doesn't turn into anything, but it's the bottom of the lineup, and then turning things over to Quan at the top that do all the damage on this day. Uh, so your two hole hitter, your four hole hitter, your five hole hitter, and your six hole hitter all go over on the day. Uh, Arias does draw a walk, uh, so he does reach base that way. But then Straw with a hit and a run scored in that uh, fifth inning. Uh, well, let's just go through the fifth inning. because uh, So we score the run in the... I'm sorry, the, the seventh inning. I'm sorry, in the seventh inning. We score that run in the fifth. Again, it was, a quant, uh, it was the Brennan double, advances on the balk, and then Gallagher with a sack fly. In that seventh inning, though, uh, that's where things really got fun for the Guardians. So after Andres Jimenez grounds out to start the inning, Straw singles on a soft ground ball at third base, a nice infield hit by Miles Straw. I believe that was the Baltimore chop, was it? I think they called it uh, the old chop off the plate, and uh, the high hop and Straw beats it out. Brennan with a single uh, on a ground ball to right field. Brennan was locked in. He doubles twice in this game and the single here in the seventh inning. That's the Will Brennan. I mean, that's the Will Brennan that was tearing it up last year in AAA. Here's the thing. Brennan has been really rough. He's hitting 222. He's got a 583 OPS. I mean, as bad as Oscar Gonzalez was hitting, Brennan has been just as bad. And it's guys like Brennan, if they were actually to if they were actually to start producing at the even close to the level of what we expect from what we saw in AAA, from what we saw them as they came up through the minors. If they were even, I know, the leap from AAA to the majors is the biggest and the hardest leap. But, I mean, if Will Brennan can get back a little bit to who he was, just being an on-base guy, being a base hit guy, very similar to what you get from Stephen Kwan, if Brennan could get back to that, my God, what a difference this lineup would make. What a difference. That extra guy on base makes all the difference in the world. And you saw it in this game. And he's on base three times, and he scores two runs. So uh, he singles. Uh, Milestrom moves up to second. Gallagher then shoots a single through in almost the same spot on the right side of the infield. Straw comes in to score. Brennan goes to second. Quan with a double... Uh, on a ground ball to center field, a very aggressive hustle double from Stephen Kwan. I love it. Uh, you know, it's the thing Jose Ramirez has taught all these guys. And, I mean, it is locked into the culture here. When you could take second base, you take second base. It's a little different in Major League Baseball. We joke about it in old man softball. We joke that I don't think I've ever seen anyone thrown out at second base stretching a single into a double. It is different in Major League Baseball. Yet, yet if you're aggressive enough and you know your angles in the outfield, guys like Ramirez, guys like Quan, guys like Rosario, guys like Jimenez can take that extra base. Brennan and Straw, they're fast enough. They can take second base when they read the outfield correctly. And Quan does it here. Um... Uh, Brennan comes in to score. Cam Gallagher goes to third. And then we get to the weird play. Amin Rosario uh, hits one to second base. Frazier throws it into the dirt. Uh, Gallagher scores uh, as the ball scoots away. And Quan, I'm guessing, I didn't see the replay from 
that angle, you know, that camera that's locked on him, all I saw was from the high home. So we don't really see third base, but I'm guessing he didn't stop running. I'm guessing Quan was shot out of a cannon. And as soon as that ball was rolled away, he knew he was scoring. Uh, he's just such a good base runner. And he's, I mean, he's learning from the best. I can't wait, uh, you know, in 20, 20, 30 years from now, when Quan's writing his, you know, his personal memoirs, when he's writing his book and doing the interview circuit, to hear what he's learned about base running from Rosario, from Ramirez, from Miles Straw. Because, I mean, it seems to have all sunken in. And how many times in just the last week have we talked about Stephen Quan's base running and the impact it makes? So, he scores the uh, the fifth run of the game here. Unfortunately, Ramirez would strike out swinging, and then Naylor would line out to right field to end this rally. Uh, but uh, a huge four-run rally. Man, that's nice to see in the seventh inning and really secure this victory. And they don't immediately go to the bullpen. Logan Allen then comes out after those four runs and gives you one more shutout inning. So uh, a good team win for your Cleveland Guardians. There's, there's one tiny thing. One tiny thing I have to ask, and it was what the hell Josh Naylor was swinging at in this one. Absolutely makes no sense to me uh, what Josh Naylor was swinging at. So many pitches up above the head. So many swinging strikes. He swung at uh, five fastballs that are at the top of the zone or higher, including two of them to strike out where he went up and out of the zone and chase fastballs up there to strike out. And then he did chase two changeups down and away. But the fastballs up, I don't know why he kept chasing at the top of the zone. But they blew him away multiple times. Uh, a bad day for Naylor. I mean, strikes out three times on the day. So, again, the middle of the lineup, completely unproductive. The bottom of the lineup had to carry it all. And they did. They came through big today. I mean, these are guys that are hitting 230, 222. 125, and they delivered a big win against, a, frankly, a pretty good Baltimore team. They've been a pretty good team this season. So it's a big win to kick off the series. Uh, it is a three-game set against Baltimore. We've got a night game, a Tuesday night game tonight. It's going to be Quantrill going against Gibson. Someone threw out there, uh, I think, on Twitter, is this possibly Quantrill's you know, final start uh, before he's moved into the bullpen? Uh, maybe if my plan for Savali and McKenzie comes true. And then a weird 3.05 start. We don't get many of those. Uh, it's usually 7 o'clock. You know, if you're on the West Coast, 10 o'clock. Uh, but it's usually been the 7 o'clock starts or the 1 o'clock starts. We get a 3.05 midday game against Baltimore. And it's going to be Bieber against to be determined for Baltimore. So Bieber will close out the series. So, uh, yeah, 3 out of 4. Hey. Let's keep it rolling. Again, maybe that walk-off, maybe that Jose Ramirez walk-off did spark something. So thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Thank you to Tony for sending in the email. Again, the final from Baltimore. It's the Guardians 5, the Orioles nothing. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Spotify. If you go to the link in the show notes, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.